Hello, folks. Welcome to the Solar Fit Renewable Energy Show. Bill Gallagher with you again this morning, coming to you from our studio in Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, I want to give you a little weather report. It has been a little bit chilly for here, like 72 degrees, and we're going to interview a friend of mine from up north. He's going to tell us that we're crazy thinking we're cold at 72 degrees, but I want to give a shout-out to our friends at Daytona Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram for their loyal support through the years, particularly our driver, Mr. Daniel Dye, who's competing this year full-time in the Craftsman Series truck racing for NASCAR, as well as a few Xfinity races, and uh, particularly for his help in the race to stop suicide. It's a mission that we're all very, very, very interested in uh, promoting the awareness of. Anyway, I've got a very special guest with me today, and this is Mr. Nate Owen with Ampion. Nate, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Bill. Appreciate it. And happy to be here. Yeah, I already told the audience that you're from up north someplace, so tell us, tell us what's going on up in the Bruins country. Uh, well, actually, I think uh, it's more Celtic country these days. If I hear correctly, we might have the best record in the league, I think. I'm not really sure. Oh, man. I love the Celtics. Yeah, we don't talk about the football team that much anymore. <laughs> well, how's, how's the weather up there? Very cold, but beautiful. Uh, beautiful blue skies. Um yeah, it's, it's definitely winter in New England right now. Okay, so you're up in the Boston area, and boy, I tell you what, that is that is beautiful country. A little bit rugged for the the Flatlanders in the wintertime, but it's still a beautiful country. Uh, Nate, we always like to start the conversation with a little bit about your background. Tell us about where you grew up and uh, how you ended up where you are. Um, I actually grew up as a Marine Corps um, brat in Hawaii. Uh, my grandfather was uh, in a, an officer in the Marine Corps, so I got to grow up in around Marine Corps bases in Hawaii. Um, but then I um, basically got to schooling in New England and I spent my entire career in the utility industry uh, based in Boston. And... Um, I don't have I don't have any regrets. I'm looking for warmer warmer uh, climates as I get older. <laughs> well, come on down. It's pretty nice down here. So uh, I can't wait. My my neighbor just said she's going down to Florida, and I said I'm, I'm going to be following you. <laughs> have her stop by, and you too. So anyway, thank you for your service, the Marine Corps. Very very much appreciated. Oh, it's my grandfather. Actually, he was the one. Well, thank him for his service and uh, you know all, all the other veterans out there that we love them so much for what they do for us. So, you, you, how did you? When you say the utility business, talk about what you did there. When I graduated from um, college, I you know the World Wide Web started taking off, and in my move to Boston, I started working in technology and stumbled into. Um, a company that was basically trying to be the first participant in deregulated electricity and natural gas markets across the country. This was back in 1996, 97 timeframe. And I was fortunate enough to start building out um, software platforms that allowed very, you know, large entities to participate in deregulated markets that were evolving. I'm sure people have heard of Enron. That was one of those companies. Uh, but there were a lot of other great businesses that were built out, and I basically built software for them that helped them service customers or 
um, collect revenue or bill customers, all kinds of different functions. Um, and luckily, I got into renewables when that started taking off as well. And so I've been able to apply some. Uh, my whole career has been spent on 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 helping you know market participants, companies large and small, um, participate in in servicing customers in both you know retail electric supply, but now it's in the renewables world. Well, for those of, in our listening audience that aren't familiar with regulated and deregulated industries, talk a little bit about that. I mean, at its simplest, um, you know, starting here in Massachusetts and California and a few other states back in 96 and 97, um, you know, you didn't have to buy your electricity or natural gas from the utility. You could uh, purchase it from a, you know, you could purchase it from any number of companies. In some cases, you could have purchased it from small startups. In some cases, you could purchase it from utility affiliates. Um, and so it's basically competition in the utility space. And um, so there, you know, there were many states that went down that pathway, including New York, Massachusetts, Texas is a big one. And some will argue that you know it was a great thing to do and uh, introduce competition into the utility sector. Um, some will argue it wasn't. Um, you know, I myself moved on to renewables because I look at that as um, a much larger and more consequential frontier to pursue. Um, and so I, I spent basically my whole um, career building software platforms that allow folks to, you know, basically sell and monetize, you know, power generation. And now these days it's renewables generation. Yeah, for sure. We're, you know, Big advocates of uh, independence, either from a, any any part of America. That's that's how we were founded on being independent. And I kind of like the deregulation side because it allows, as you say, competition and competition drives prices down. Uh, I know there are some states, um, not particularly Florida, because we we have some regulated utilities here. But in some states, the first thing they ask you after where your kids want to go to school is, who do you want for your utility provider? So that's kind of an interesting thing, right? You know, these days it's, um, it's how green is the is the is the power supply. Uh-huh. You know, you know that that is actually a, the driving factor these days in the economy across. You know where people want to live, where kids want to go to school. Um, I'm amazed by what's going on these days in terms of just the amount of money that's flowing into renewables and uh, clean power infrastructure. You know, uh, you won't believe this, but we've been in the solar business for 48 years, started out in solar thermal, and really it wasn't until about the last maybe 18 years where solar power has become affordable to where homeowners and business owners can, uh, you know, can put that on their buildings and stuff like that. But your platform does mm-hmm. something a little bit different. Um, give us just a, a little bit of information about how, how your platform works. Well, um, you know, what I've found over the years is that um, you can build any any type of, you know, when I first got into the business, um, we worked with companies that were um, largely marketing, building and marketing and trading um, power from, you know, very, very large um, generating plants. And these were all over the country, and they range from hydro to 
nuclear to combined cycle um, to just pure natural gas. Um, and, you know, the reality is you can, you can generate as many kilowatt hours as you want, but if you're not managing the complexities of getting that power to the consumer um, and ultimately the helping the consumer understand what they're purchasing and paying for, whether or not that's a residential customer in Texas or a, you know, a large uh, telecommunications provider in New York, um, you know, the project simply doesn't work. So I've spent a lot of time building systems that are, at their simplest core, they're billing systems. They're, help, they're, they're systems that allow for um, consumers to actually participate in the market and then to actually pay for the power that they use. Um, and so that's vitally, it's critical because if you don't have systems like ours, you can't build large renewables facilities, you can't build uh, in smaller facilities. You can't build rooftop facilities for residential consumers. Um, so we tackle a lot of the compliance and systems requirements that are ultimately necessary to help, you know, kilowatt hours be delivered to uh, retail customers and for retail customers to actually understand what they're paying for and, and pay for it. So, and so that's what our platform does. We, we can, you know, at its simplest, description, we connect customers across a lot of different states in the country to renewable energy portfolios so that they can take advantage of the benefits of renewables. And what we spent the past year doing is helping a lot of um, low to moderate income customers take advantage of um, the cost savings that can be, um, <clears throat> that you can experience when you subscribe to community solar funds. So we manage a lot of communities. A lot of community solar farms are on our platform, and we connect residential customers, um, small business customers, every type of customer you can imagine, from towns um, to liquor stores and lawyers. And I mean, we have every single denomination of house of denominational house of worship on our platform. We've got housing authorities and affordable housing providers and retirement centers and some and, and also very large corporate entities that are seeking to participate in the you know the clean energy revolution so this is you know community solar is one of the best ways for any type of utility payor to access renewables and save um, and so our platform manages all the complexities that um, <clears throat> these various programs across the country, um, you know, force us to jump through, if you will. Mm. Well, we we obviously love the idea of of a clean kilowatt hour. We think that's pretty pretty cool here in Florida. Geez, yeah, all yeah. of our energy is really really imported natural gas, and and that's that's one way to to create electricity for sure. But our local utilities are more and more installing uh, solar farms. How does that uh, – talk a little bit about the mechanics of that. Let, let's suppose I'm uh, a utility customer right now, and I want to get involved in your platform to get community solar. How does that interact with what the utilities uh, are paying right now? Well, it depends on where you're living. You know, in Florida, you know, if you are signing up for a community solar program, you're doing it with Duke or FPL. And almost in, in almost every single case I've ever seen, um, the utility programs are generally a premium 
to uh, the utilities power supply. So if you sign up, um, you're likely to pay more for the benefits of community solar. Sometimes you're able to claim that it is, you know, green energy by retiring renewable energy certificates. Uh, your, you know, renewable energy certificates will be retired on your behalf. And so that is beneficial. Um, we operate largely in markets where um, it's not a utility program and where third-party providers are competing um, to provide customers with savings. So I know this sounds crazy, but <clears throat> in the way that a community solar market works generally, at least the ones we operate in, um, you know, utility bill credits are provided to consumers. So they end up essentially paying a dis- uh, getting a discounted offering and saving considerable money. Like my house in Boston, um, I save about $400 a year, I think, by subscribing to a community solar farm in eastern Massachusetts. Our rates are very high, and in some years I've saved a lot more than that. Um, but the mechanics are kind of simple. Um, the, the utility credits are, uh, we, we, we effectively sell utility bill credits for a dollar of bill credits for 90 cents. Um, and in some cases that's 85 cents, in some cases it's 95 cents depending on the state we operate in. But in general, um, the, uh, you know, when I sign up my house, um, it takes me, you know, five, ten minutes to do it. Um, and I'm, you know, saving, I'm getting credits. I'm basically, I don't pay my utility bill anymore. I pay um, either Ampion or I pay for um, directly to supplier. But I don't pay my utility bill anymore. And so I'm saving considerable amounts of money. I'm supporting community solar. And I'm paying my own business because we help develop these solar farms in eastern Massachusetts. I'm paying my own, you know, business and getting a discount off of it. Yeah, and that, that's happening across a lot of different states, and uh, it works well with rooftop solar. But it, you know, we support a lot of low-income customers or commercial customers or folks that simply can't do any, you know, on-site installation. Now, I think that's an incredible thing, Nate. Really, because there's a, there's a lot of people that want to own their own solar systems on their home, but there's a lot more that maybe they're renters, but they like the idea of clean energy or maybe low income. So the service you're providing is, is really stellar. Really congratulate you on that. I'm, I feel very fortunate. Quite honestly, I feel like I'm doing something that's meaningful. Um, and I love the ability. I love the idea of the, the, the fact that community, that these solar farms, they are popping up everywhere. Um, little tiny ones on rooftops in all kinds of cities all over the place. Um, batteries are being installed, um, and in some cases, they're standalone battery batteries that are um, providing some of the same um, service offerings. And um, I, you know, I'm just amazed by um, the, just the fact that this can be done, and I love it. I think it's um, ten years ago when I started this, people just didn't had no idea what this product offering was. Um, and they didn't believe that solar power was real. And, you know, 15 years ago, I was one of them. Um, but now we see huge um, 
you know, installations of going on all over the country, and it's very exciting. Yeah. You know, it's a real, it's a real beneficial product now. It is it indeed. Helps a lot of people. Indeed. Well, folks, we're up against our break right now. We're going to take a short one. Stay with us. We'll come back. We'll talk more with Nate and learn more about Community Soul. Right back with you. Hi folks, Bill Gallagher with SolarFit here. Have you ever thought about utilizing solar power for your home or business? Well, there's never been a better time to plug into the sun and stop renting electricity. How would you like to let your roof start paying you each month? Give us a call at 445-7606. That's 445-7606. Or visit us at SolarFit.com and set yourself free. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. Hi, folks. Welcome back to the Solar Fit Renewable Energy Show. Bill Gallagher back with you again with my friend, Mr. Nate Owen with Ampion. Nate, before the break, you were really, really uh, piqued my interest. And there's something that I'm pretty sure that most of the people aren't aware of, and it's what they call the REC market, renewable energy credits. Talk about that a little bit. Um, well, renewable energy credits, one renewable energy credit represents one megawatt hour of clean energy, and there's certainly variations on this model, but that is a, um, a standard. Um, and renewable energy credits, you know, you have to retire, renew- you have to purchase renewable energy credits to claim that you've actually um, purchased clean, green energy. Um, and so a lot of and a lot of people in this country have participated have purchased renewable energy credits for a long time, um, and um, it's becoming more and more and more important because, um, especially in the corporate world for sustainability purposes, we're seeing um, a huge push for uh, verification that the the projects that they are participating in are indeed clean energy projects and there's huge value to to participating in these clean energy projects in fact recently we've heard of um, renewable energy credits um, selling or or being purchased by large corporates for considerably more than the market price for them um, if they are you know supplying that power directly to the corporate facilities and also providing um, power or clean energy credits to low to moderate income customers. So we're seeing a a lot of um, drive for renewable energy credits from the corporate space just across the board. And I, I, you know, that's being driven by uh, the financial world as well. Right, so really in the Florida doesn't really have a rec market, but are those credits still, uh, can we still say, say say a homeowner has uh, a 10 kW solar power system, and over the years they've produced multiple megawatts of energy. They still have those credits. Can they get credit for them uh, here in Florida, or how does that work? That's out of my. I, you know, I don't know the answer to that question directly. I've, I've, we've, we have been start, We have heard of. Um, I mean, the clean tech space is absolutely exploding now. And so we're starting to hear a lot of different models that are being involved. In fact, RECs, social RECs, for example, um, you know, getting social RECs for, for uh, facilities now that are producing power for low to moderate income customers. So there's huge variation going on across the country. And I think you'll start to, we're going to see a lot more 
um, evolving. But I don't know the answer in Florida, okay. unfortunately, because we're, we're, we're not actively in Florida because, you know, there's no third-party market for the for Florida. Right. So, on, and this is just for my own edification, when, when you have a rec credit, something like that, does that go to retiring, um, uh, for lack of a better term, fossil fuel entities, or does it go to cleaning up? The uh, that does that go there? Usually, recs are financing additional projects. I mean, that's really the big deal these days: is building more and more and more clean energy. Um, so, a lot of recs right now are going are financing projects. It's really it's really that straightforward. They're providing additional revenue certainty to projects so that they can withstand the revenue variations that you can see in, you know, natural gas, for example, or where it's up and down every single year, RECs are providing a little bit more incentive um, and financial certainty for financiers so that they can finance projects. You know, you said something that really kind of triggered a thought that I had uh, when you said 15 years ago, you didn't believe it either. We, we do a lot of presentations at schools and things like that. And one of the, fascinating parts about solar is it's almost like magic, right? The sun comes up every day, strikes a solar panel, makes direct current, changes to alternating current, and it just feeds whatever you want to feed. And as far as I know, we got a couple billion years left of the sun, but it just makes so much sense. How do, how do you educate the public? It, I, I find it fascinating that 10 years ago, um, or, you know, around, yeah, 10 years ago, you know, all I heard was how unreliable solar was and how intermittent it was. And over, you know, and now, 10 years later on, we are seeing how reliable the sun actually is. And um, I find the whole evolution of the, this industry to be absolutely incredible because we're starting to see studies now that show that and you know i can't quote them because i'm like inundated with information all the time on how this like asset class is evolving but we're starting to hear about or see studies that show that is in fact the most reliable resource that you can find and it's simply a matter of building it out right it's a matter of coverage you know it's a matter of going be it's it's a matter of reaching that that scale factor that allows you that allows for example the new england iso six months ago canceled the reliability contract they had an rmr contract with the um uh plant that's been i can't the i can't remember the name of it uh that is literally three or four miles from me that's that has been responsible for supplying a huge amount of power into boston and new england they just canceled that contract for that plan. And they said the reason, the ISO New England said the reason was because they realized that so much solar had been installed over the past several years that they didn't need it anymore. Wow. And this was, this was exactly opposite what they had been saying every single year for the past 10 years. Wow. ISO New England has been saying, we need to build natural gas. We need to have these power plants running. Otherwise the system is gonna fail. And just six, you know, within the, I don't remember the specific time frame, but I found that to be incredible. 
And, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> we watch the New England grid. And so we see solar. We watch the interconnection queues. We know where solar farms are being built. We know where batteries are being built. And you can start to see real impact in those areas because all of a sudden new power plants aren't needed and additional investments aren't needed and people are saving money. And um, it's all because the sun's coming up every single day. And these things are very reliable sources of power generation. So I find that incredible. No, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you got me thinking about something else this morning. I got up, and when I turned the TV on to, to watch a little news, they had an ad on there, and it said, renewable energy will be the greatest thing in the world several decades from now. It's way in the future. And I go, wait a minute. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know? And you, you'll never guess who, the, who did the ad. I'm not going to tell you, but you could probably guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Who, who know? I, you know, it's weird. People don't understand you know change sometimes like I, again like I did not realize I worked with very large scale utility power plants for years and I didn't understand it I did not understand that these these panels could be producing real electricity and I, I it took me a while to figure that out and when I figured it out I thought oh my goodness <laughs> well you know wow. the, the, the other part of it is is you know the conventional way to produce energy could be miles and miles away from your home right and all the losses from mm-hmm. the trans transmission lines and all the all the additional things that you need it just man I, it, it, you know it's oh, like yeah. it's like if you have a pool and you're heating your pool and you don't cover it uh it's 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 not good you're going to lose the heat but if you if you heated it with solar it didn't really cost you anything well it's the same thing if you lose the energy from a solar plant uh over the transmission line, it didn't cost you any energy. It didn't cost you to produce that energy. It's just, it's almost like magic, really. Yeah, yeah, it's funny you say that because that is a huge cost of the industry that no one ever talks about, line losses. Mm-hmm. We, used to, we used to calculate line losses because they're a fundamental component of the end user bill. You can't bill someone, you know, you, if, if you lose three or 5%, I think Eversource East used to be something like, Five or six percent of the kilowatt hours would be lost on their transmission system. Um, but when the system when the system is installed on site or much closer to on site, um, all of a sudden the efficiency just skyrockets, and it's it's amazing. Like people don't talk about this, but there's huge amounts of cost being sucked out of the industry because generation is moving closer to um, where it's needed. So can can home, can homeowners participate in this that have their own personal solar systems or is it just solar farms? Um, it depends on um, the state. Um, you can if you are. It depends on the state. Um, like my family lives in Maine. Um, I believe my brother has um, a system on his roof, and he's also a subscriber to one of our solar farms. Uh, I don't know. It's, that's not. I'm. I don't know. There are people in my company that know this <laughs> in and out, but um, I don't know exactly which state allows you to participate. I'm actually. I'm fairly certain Massachusetts allows you to participate to per, have a system on your rooftop and um, participate in community solar. But there are some states that are still limiting um, access. Oh. But. You know, slowly but surely, the, um, they're making changes that are making it more accessible. And, 
you know. Those, good. those little silly, those silly rules are disappearing. <laughs> good. Well, the, the real, the real change that's taking place right now is the battery technology and the price coming down. And I mean, really, when you have when you have solar or even community solar with battery backup, and you're pretty much good to go. We have a lot of hurricanes down here in Florida, so we're pretty sensitive to that grid out deal, you know. Oh yeah. And um, and then and you know when they when there are those types of events, what they find is that the solar systems are still working, right? right? And you certainly have to have them a, a certain amount installed. But you know you can see in the next five to ten to fifteen years a huge amount of distributed generation being installed all over this country and globally, candidly, because now that the technology is available to us, why wouldn't we do it? For sure. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of the thought. I've had people say, well, you know, boy, it'd take forever to pay for this. And they say, how long does it take to pay for solar? And I say 300. And they go, 300? Where would you come up with that figure? It says 300 years before you pay for it with a utility company. So let's go solar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, think the, the, I think especially now the, with the, the incentives that are available, um, and, you know, I, I heard just recently, and this was in a discussion, I didn't read this in some fact book, or, I heard that lithium prices have, are down a third from last year. That's and nice. I thought I heard um, that um, I believe panels and cells are, you know, you know pretty low. Um, you know, we're, we are starting to see a lot of entities ranging from... Um, you know, large, huge corporations to, uh, I mean, the real estate sector is going crazy with renewables as they should because they're the most natural sort of playground for renewables. I, I just see a huge tidal wave coming with the cost benefit and um, the technology, the proven technology, the proven regulatory models, the market awareness. Um, pretty exciting times. Well, Nate, thank you so much for joining us today, man. We're about out of time. Do you have a website they can go to? Yeah, we're at um, Ampion.net. Yep. Okay. All, folks, kinds of, all kinds of information there. Yeah, folks, please visit that website. And uh, if you're, you're into listening uh, audience anywhere in the United States, uh, give Nate a call. They can help you. Nate, thanks so much, man. Have a good weekend. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Greg. Take care. So thanks, folks. Have a good weekend. We'll talk to you next week. SolarFit Renewable Energy Radio Show paid for by SolarFit.